What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Buck and Trout Podcast. Today's episode, I got a good one for you. It's a Q&A. Uh, we had a couple questions that we wanted to get to within the Instagram page, and I answered all these questions to the best of my knowledge. Uh, along with us for the ride there is my cousin Nick. Uh, he does a little narration for us in asking the questions, and I'm happy he was able to join us for this podcast. As for me in the outdoors, guys, uh, got an awesome thing going on here real soon. March 27th, I'll be down in Altoona, Pennsylvania at the SCI Allegheny's uh, Mountains chapter. Uh, Hunt of a Lifetime Banquet. Um, if you guys are unsure or you've never heard of Hunt of a Lifetime, they're a nonprofit organization with a mission to grant hunting and fishing dreams for children under 21. Um, these kids have been diagnosed with life threatening illnesses or life threatening disabilities, and they make their dreams of hunting come true, uh, whether it be taking them out, you know, with special mobile equipment uh, like motorized wheelchairs or um, anything like that, just just to help them, you know, live out that dream of being able to go hunting, which is exactly what I stand for, and I couldn't be happier and prouder to be part of uh, that organization. So, uh, if you guys maybe know somebody or uh, if you never heard of it, check it out. Hunt of a lifetime, really awesome. Um, there may still be some tickets available. Not sure. Um, this would be for March 27th, 2021. So. Um, check in with that. I'm not exactly sure if you can get a hold of anybody on Facebook or anything like that, or you could give me a ring and I could see if I can help you out. So hope all is well. Uh, I hope everybody's doing great. I hope you guys are getting your time outdoors. We are not far off from the trout opener. Uh, with that, we have, uh, the mentored opening day is the last Saturday of March. That's statewide. And also statewide, April 3rd is the opening day. Uh, you can keep your stock trout so really excited for that i'll be out and about and that's pretty much it doing a little bow shooting and uh be doing some mushroom picking here soon so without further ado enjoy the show what is up guys and welcome back to another episode of the buck and trout podcast today i'm joined by nick and uh, he's going to come down and narrate a couple q a questions here that uh we got on the dm uh, for the Instagram page, um, I was going to do it alone, but I don't like listening to podcasts with just one person alone. I feel like it's just monotonous and it's just babbling on and on and on. So thanks for coming down and doing this. Um, how are you? I'm good, bud. How about yourself? I'm good. Yeah, it's not fun doing a podcast. Not not just By alone. yourself. Yeah, no. it's, it's, it's hard listening for me, actually. I don't, I'm don't. i not real interested in listening to somebody babble on, but yeah. anyway, uh, we got a couple beers here and we got a couple questions, and I don't think that this is going to be a super long podcast, but we'll try to get to all these questions. I want to put a time stamp on this just so that we know that these were the questions that we got answered, and then when we do another Q&A, we'll know where we, where we left off. So uh, today's March the 14th, Sunday. Uh, we just sprung forward here, so it's it's not going to get dark until freaking 8 o'clock, man. It's great. Huh? How Fish, about that? It's fishing season. It's Yes, sir. All right, I'm man. I'm I'm fired. Yeah, I'm fired up. Yeah, your blood's getting running right now. I'm ready, or or maybe it's just all this drinking. I don't. <laughs> you had one. I had three. <laughs> three pounders. Yeah, I you're drank, a little behind, but I you're drank, hungover. I drank enough last night though. So yeah. Um. Anyway, before we get into this shit, man, let's. Uh, what have you been up to? What What have you been doing? Uh so 
actually today I went down to Sportsman's Warehouse mm-hmm. and you know I you know fishing's in what three weeks first day. Well, you can fish right now. Yes, you can. I mean, you can go you, to artificial lure and fish right you now. You can fish artificial yes. lure. You could fish wild trout streams. Yes. And from what I understand and what I read, you can fish a trout lake right now. Yeah. All right. The rules are a little bit different than what they were. Um, I would highly recommend and suggest that you guys read on anything because what I'm saying is what I'm interpreting as. And uh, I'm interpreting it as you can fish a, a stream. All right. And I'm not a stock stream, but a stocked lake. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong. But if I was going to go do it, I would make the phone call. Make the or phone ask, call, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just don't go do it. Yeah, don't, don't, don't yeah. go do it. Now, you can fish uh, wild cl- uh, wild trout. Artificial lure, catch and release. Mm-hmm. Yep. Class oh, A you're streams. wrong. Yes, you're oh, wrong. Yes. So um, the opening day statewide this year is April 3rd. Um, the mentor youth is the week before. Um, Listen, I, I fishing all year round is great. Yeah. But, like, when you take that break... And then when the actual first day comes, mm-hmm. it just feels good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. The warmer weather, mm-hmm. the yeah. smell. Yeah, fishing in the wintertime is awesome and it's great, but like, I know I have a lot of other shit going on too. Like we, like this year we did the maple syrup, you know, like we're doing that right now. Yeah. And mushroom hunting and um, ginseng and shed hunting. So all my free time, that's you know yes. where I'm spending. I'm, I'm scouting for If you want to keep up on that, uh, make sure you guys check out uh, Keystone Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's gonna be like Marcus's and the family's kind of like cooking and. Well, that's gonna be the Keystone Kitchen. The Keystone Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's gonna do like more statewide people talking on his podcast. Yeah. Um, what other things mm-hmm. you're gonna do? Yeah, um, we can get into that. The Keystone Chronicles will be dropping here soon. Uh, just have some other stuff to figure out with it. I uh, got a couple episodes recorded, and I know these guys that are you know listening right now they're they're probably waiting for their episodes. So as soon as I get the artwork down, um, it's something I want to really get down right because we're gonna have the t-shirts and the hats mm-hmm. and the hoodies and all that. So, but explain to them what the difference with Keystone Chronicles and Buck and Trout so podcast. So the uh, idea that I had was the Buck and Trout podcast is a, is a local thing um, in our area that like, be similar to something like the Mainliner or like Tribune Democrat, right? So it's like a, a local thing i was thinking i'm going to keep it to like a four county area of local guys so it's super relatable to the guys in central pennsylvania um like uh you're from cambria county if you're from blair county if you're from um maybe somerset if you're from huntington counties uh center county you're you're going to be on buck and trout um unless it's something that's really off what we're normally doing um i might put it on keystone chronicles uh it all depends Regardless, I, we have we have a lot of guys lined up, and the podcast is really blowing up. I yeah. really appreciate all of our listeners. So let's let's uh, Buck and Trout. Yeah, our audience is great on there right now. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely what Marcus wanted to get started with with the podcast for yeah. sure. That's also another thing. Yeah. Uh, so let's all whoever's listening to us go and follow the Keystone Chronicles. Uh, let's get his let's get that bumping mm-hmm. uh, so he can get some more content 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 on there please yeah so yeah if you guys could please go ahead and follow that and as soon as that episode drops and everything's out there i'll make sure you guys have all the information you'll be able to get it everywhere uh the format's going to be a little different not only will it be on um available on spotify and uh apple and all the big accounts it'll be available on every single thing that's out there so um this podcast here is available on six platforms and um, I run it through Anchor, 
is uh, what the RSS is for this one. That the next one will be a little bit different, but it'll be a little bit bigger, honestly. So yeah, this podcast we're just going over some people's questions that they asked us. Yeah, we're gonna do a little Q and A here. Uh, we've been asking for the questions, and you guys have uh, sent it to us. And um, I'm gonna answer the questions to the best of my knowledge. So. I'm not going to put any false information out there. If it's something that I'm not real sure of, I'm just going to say, hey, you know, give or take, you know, try and try on error for certain things. And what you know. Yeah. This is all, this is all in my own, uh, in my own travels and my own experience. So without further ado, man, let's, uh, let's, let's get into yeah, it. let's get into it, man. What, so who we got first here? Let's, let's see who it is and then go ahead and ask me a question. All right. Our first guy, uh, it's Ben Dombrowski. Uh, he asked. I know one thing a ton of people are on and sure about is what patterns big trout have and where to catch them and what on. Okay. Well, this is a probably a highly sought after thing because, yeah, I want to catch big trout. That's awesome. They take good pictures, you know, it makes you seem like you're a better angler because they all harder to catch. But at the same time, me, in my personal opinion, I don't really care. I get more excited for a big trout, but... You get more excited about a little native trout. I, yeah, I, I exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I love catching stalk trout. I think it's super fun. I some of the best cricks that I fish are stalked waters, you know. But at the same time, all these other cricks that I'm in that are just class A trout streams and whatnot, you know, wild trout, native trout. That really gets me going. I don't care how big they are; they could be as big as my hand, and I'm I'm grinning, man. You know, like from cheek to cheek, I'm I'm smiling every single second. So. What I do know about catching big trout is this. Um, low light conditions like morning time or nighttime, um, dawn, you know, the it's it's not as light out, so the fish is not visibly easier to see for a predator. And they know that. So they will feed around them times. Um, I've always had luck right after rainstorms, um, runoff, you know, from a storm increases water. Um, and, and I know it makes the, the water cloudy and bait fish then are easier for a big trout to catch right so that's another time that i found to be right something that i'm not experienced with but i know people do really well on and catching big trout is using and fishing streamers um they just are gonna flow it right down a creek on you know a certain line and the trout's gonna be sitting there and he's not gonna have to move real far and he's gonna he's gonna take the bait um, the streamers, that's a bigger bait too. So, I mean, some people say, Hey, big bait, big fish. I don't really know if that's true, but it makes sense. You know, they can fit it in their mouth. It's got to be a bigger fish. So, yeah. And another thing, uh, the way we fish, we don't stick to one hole. Yeah. There might be a big one in there and it is, if it's not biting, we don't, we don't just keep trying to get him. Right. You know, we just keep working our way down the creek. Yeah, we might come back later. Yeah, might not that day. Right. Because once you're down here, we're already what a mile down. Oh yeah, probably more than that. Yeah, probably more than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let you know. Don't always disturb the fish that because yeah. if you disturb them more, they're never gonna bite. Yeah. Um, other places that you can look for maybe big trout, and it also I also say it depends on what your version of big trout is. Is big trout to you a 15 inch rainbow trout because maybe it is i don't know um it seems like the the normal uh trophy trout size is 20 or bigger 
that seems to be what I go by. And that's probably what most other people and our listeners on here probably go by too. So, um, when I say trophy trout or big trout, that's what I would say. As far as trophy trout, it's in the eye beholder, really. I don't I mean, I know people that have 16 inch rainbows mounted on their wall, which is great. It's cool. You know, to each is their own. So, um, big fish, uh, usually they say like breeders and stuff like that. Guys call them that, um, maybe like a lazier fish, uh, likes to just lay maybe under like a hanging root system or something like a tree, you know, has yeah. that protection overhead. Uh, just but, pretty much more shadowy right. areas that they'll hide. Under. Yeah. I would say, um, like seams, seams are like a good area. I uh, like the, the explain a seam Marcus, because like, not many people know what a seam is. All right. So if you were looking at the water and you had like a big rock sticking out of the water, right? So the seam is where the fast and the slow water meet, right? So like right behind that rock, that's like a good spot. A trout could just lay up, right? And that's called a seam. Um, like two to six foot of water is a good holding uh, spot. Um, you know, poles of water. Everybody says, you know, it's going to go to this hole. They call it hole, right? It's pretty much a hole. Yeah. Same thing. Just um, look. Don't, just be careful when you're walking in the water towards a hole. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, like, always walk slow in a creek. Because mm-hmm. you never know. Because there, there's, you know, there's cricks that have old, like, coal mines under them and stuff like that. And you step in the wrong hole, you're going to go down and you're going to sink. Especially yeah. if you're wearing waders. You're going to sink. You you could drown. Yeah. And it's, it's scary, but you just take your time. Never rush crick fishing. Yeah. The other spots that you can look for a bigger trout maybe would be like the tail. I don't say the tail waters, but like if you're looking at a hole or a pool of water and you can see where it grades itself back up right at the backside of that before like it comes to whatever height it's going to be at, uh, depth it's going to be at, like right there at the end of it. Because anything that's moving down current is going to, if it's below it's going to push itself up and it's kind of like a funnel, right? Mm-hmm. And the fish could just sit there and be lazy and, and just get a mouthful. Just get, get them, get them guts. Like, uh, what do you call it? Um, a feeding chain or like a conveyor belt. A conveyor or belt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like a conveyor. Yeah. That's what I would say. Um, that's about, yeah. I mean, that's about it, man. What I, we know on that yeah. topic there. So, yeah, I mean, persistence, um, don't go and just say, all right, I fished this big hole, I'm going to catch a big trout, and then, you know, bitch and say, there ain't no fish in Pennsylvania. Because I, I, how many guys do I know to do that, you know? So if you're going to do it, put your time in. You know, the guys that are out there doing uh, all this big fish catching and stuff, they're spending a lot of time out in the water. You know, the guys that are killing your big bucks and stuff, they're spending a lot of time in the woods, yes. you know. So, you you got to want it, right? Mm-hmm. So and don't and also don't go out and spend a lot of money. Like if if you're a beginner, don't go out and spend three hundred dollars on Sims equipment mm-hmm. and yeah. all that stuff. Listen, all you need is a rod and some bait, yeah, and twenty dollar waders, right? Or just boots. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't want to go in the water, you can sit on the side of a creek. And fish. Yeah. I've seen it done a lot, especially Clearfield because Clearfield's big and they have those overhangs where you can just 
Just straight up. You can put a bobber on there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, don't go out. Like, if you're a beginner fisherman, don't go out and spend a lot of money. Yeah. I, I agree totally. Um, you don't need the best of the best. Um, but let's move on to the next uh, question that we have. All right. Uh, the next question is by Theo Casco. Uh, he asked, what would a basic setup consist of? Type of rod, type of line, etc." Okay. So the setup that I run, um, I like to spend a little extra money on my stuff. Like we were saying earlier, you don't need to run this setup. But one of the better setups that I use and I found that I really like is I run a seven foot to six foot ultralight rod. I prefer to use uh, St. Croix. I have the St. Croix trout series. I have the Fenwick HMG series too. Um, as far as reels for spinning reels, and I would say this would be a basic setup, but you know, a spinning reel with a normal rod. Um, I prefer all Shimano. If it doesn't say Shimano on it, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. That's just my personal preference. Um, two of my rods have the Niskis. It's a, the Shimano Niskis. One's a 1,000 and the other one's a 2,000. Um, they're probably in the $40, $50 range. They're a hundred. Are they a hundred? Mm, hundred a okay. reel. Yeah. hundred a reel. And the rod was, I think, I think they were 140 or 130. Piece. Okay. Which um, is, yeah. But you don't, we were saying we don't, you don't have to spend that much money. So for a beginner, what I would do is I would probably buy a Shimano Sedona. That's the $30, $40 range, $50 yeah, that's, range. That's what I was going to Real. Yep. And then saying. I would also buy, uh, depending on what kind of fishing you're doing, I wouldn't go no smaller than six foot personally. Um, some may argue with me, but you'll see as you learn more about fishing that the bigger, the better, honestly, when it comes to rods. You, but you, you do like bigger, Marcus. I do like smaller because when you're in a smaller creek, you can maneuver the rod a little bit better. You're not going to get caught up as much. That's just me, though. See, I, I, there's a lot of reasons I use a bigger rod. You can get across. Number one, you can cast further. Number yeah. two, you have more control. Number three, when you, if say I'm parallel to the water, right? Yeah. And I cast upstream, okay? When the bait comes down and my slack catches for the bait to turn and come back towards yeah. me, right? The rod's sticking out further. So the bait's catching the current mm -hmm. further away from me. It's, yeah. it's really hard to explain. Like, it'd be really easy to show, you know? But since the rod's out further, as I'm as I'm bringing the, the bait or the lure back to me, mm -hmm. it is going to be out there further. So if I have a chase coming in towards me, the fish is going to hit it out further away from me. Compared to you being closer to yourself, yeah. the fish may see you retrieving your your lure or your bait or whatever you have on no what i'm saying though like okay so yeah that's that's a way to do it <clears throat> but if you like say someone had chest waders on mm -hmm. you can get out there more mm -hmm. with chest waders and use a smaller rod yeah yeah you could it, it just depends yeah i'm just i'm from my personal experience i would recommend you get a six foot rod to start with yeah yeah you do what you got to do yeah yeah get whatever you want get whatever mm -hmm. feels comfortable don't use a lake rod well, almost nine feet. <laughs> you don't want that. I see. I, I mean, fly fly fishermen do use nine foot rods, but they're just tossing it in. And I, I yeah. don't know. I just feel like a lake if you, rod. If you ask me if I could get a nine foot rod to where I normally fish, I would be taking a nine foot rod. I just think it's too much. But that's just right. That's my input. I understand. That's I understand. my. It's just too ten much. Foot, to I take ten foot. I take some bitch twelve <laughs> foot if I could. It's it, there's. <laughs> 
see fly rods they're thinner uh lake rods are a lot thicker mm-hmm. and like going through and brush and all that stuff you're mm-hmm. gonna get caught up right that's my input right that's not your input yeah so that's the only i i i like smaller rods i have been fishing cricks for so long that i know how to take a bigger rod yeah. through the woods i guess now, or you could break it down you could yeah. break it down and then get when you get to the creek you could tie up yeah. you know my only uh con about a small rod is you're bringing a big fish in you got a potential of it breaking i've had it i don't it. know i don't now, know i've had it happen see that's a shitty rod then it was a shitty rod yeah it was you're a shimano gonna, if it, it was a shimano too though. well yeah but if it was a shimano rod not a rail right, right. it was a shimano rail that was <laughs> i i was in a rush to go fishing and i went to field and stream when it was before sportsman's warehouse and you know it came with the rail and the rod for twenty dollars. I said whatever. It was small. I said okay, that's fine. And I took it to uh, uh, Chess Creek at uh, Westover, mm-hmm. and I threw in right under this rod. First cast, I start rolling in, and I'm like, holy shit, this this trout is huge, and it had that red bottom. You could tell, you know, the sun was shining on it and all that stuff, and I'm bringing it in. Once I get to the short snap, it broke. And I had to jump in the water and grab this trout. And it was massive. Hmm. I was like, holy hell, this is crazy. And then after that, I didn't bring a second rod. That's another thing. Always have an extra rod That's in your point. car. Yeah. If you right. don't, you're going to have to go somewhere <laughs> and find one or you're done fishing yeah. that day. I agree 100%. I always, always have more multiple rods. Yes. Yeah. It's about I would say have at least two or three yep. on site. Yep. You don't have to carry them with you. Just have them in your car. Because if it breaks, then just go to your car. Yeah. That's it. No, that's a good point. So let's talk about, uh, uh, we got a little bit off subject. Let's get right to the beginner setup. So I would go with a rod that holds um, at least 100 yards of or I mean a reel that holds at least 100 yards of line. I use uh, Stren monofilament, um, clear line. I use six pound on my rod. And then if I have any type of leaders or if I tie in any leaders or anything, I use four pound. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do that is because if I get caught in something, it'll snap the leader, not not the line, yep. right? Um, I would suggest you go with a six foot rod or a seven foot rod. This is my suggestion. And a reel that could hold at least that. I prefer the Shimano's, and I would recommend the Sedona for a beginner. You'll yeah. have that rod and reel forever, yeah. honestly. I, I think that that one that I had was an older one. It was 16 years old. I still have it. Yeah. It just sits there. My rod setup, I just have I have a small rod that is two pound. Mm-hmm. I have another rod that's four pound line, and then my lake rod is eight pound. That's my setup pretty okay. much. And then I have all Shimano yeah. reels. And- I, have, I have four pound test on the rod at that. Um, that St. Croix I use all the time with yeah. that, with the Niski. That's four pound test on that. The St. Croix are awesome. They're it's nice. Yeah, they're just. I, I contemplated buying that Loomis, but I don't want to spend that much money. Yeah. Honestly, now fly rods, we're not. Yeah, we're not going to go down that road because yeah, we're not we're not experts. That, in that will be for another podcast. Yeah, we're not so. very experts. In- no, no, I'm not. Um, okay, so pretty much the setup we did. Let's see what else we got here. All right. Uh, we have, uh, this is actually one of our friends, uh, Robbie Luther. He says um, he wanted to know possible topic water temperature 
water level, and feeding patterns. Okay. Okay. Um, for water temperature, uh, no secret, trout need the right water temperature, right? Um, they, it, the, the certain water temperatures varies by different species of trout for like where they're comfortable. Um, like waters that are 44 to 68 degrees, 68 is like, well, that's warm. That's warm. Right. So like optimal temperature would be like 55. So like the first day it's probably going to be, you're probably in the forties first day. Mm, I don't know. It would all depend what the weather, I don't know. Uh, maybe probably probably with probably i'd say you're in the 50 probably you think in the 50s yeah probably i could be wrong though but that's just my guess the water's but, cold in early spring right but there's different types of trout so the question's hard because like uh a lake trout in lake erie they're going to require like the coldest water um you have uh the brown trout which you know was uh, originally imported from europe um, in the late 1800s, um, they flourish around 44 to 75 degrees, um, stalked or wild. Their temperature tolerance is, uh, a lot more, is a lot higher. Like they can, for a trout, like they can handle war, a warmer temperature compared to like a brook trout, which a brook trout, they can't, they need, they need cold, cold water. That's why when you get on your mountain streams, what do you catch? You catch brook trout. You catch brook trout. Right. So don't get me wrong. You can catch other trout in there, but any mountain stream that you go to where there's cold water, that's, you know, mountain lore and whatnot. It's kind of like, you know, you're like, oh, there's probably a native brook trout or brook trout mm-hmm. in that stream, right? Um, I know that the rainbow trout, that's like the most common fish, trout, because, you know, they, they stalk like two-thirds of the stalking is rainbow trout Mm -hmm. and their temperature tolerance is like right in the middle but they also um seem like they flourish a little bit better and anything you know if you look at stock your stocking list any cold water streams compared to like warmer water streams and valleys they stock rainbows in all of them right Mm -hmm. and it's because their tolerance to different temperatures is 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 the best and they they can flourish really anywhere compared to um you know, like a like a brook trout. Yeah. You know, is it, if you look at your stalking list on the brook trout too, they need the like the, the cleanest clean of water. Yes, they right? do. Right now, don't get me wrong. All trout need super clean water. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're not. You're not going to find them in, in a creek that doesn't have good water, mm-hmm. or they're just not going to survive. They stalk them in there. Um, and as waters warm, as a fisherman, you know, say you were a lake fisherman. As the water warms, you know, going into June, July, August, you know, the, the dog days go to the headwaters. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. Uh, the water's cooler is coming in off the headwaters. Not always. There are times when it's warmer water coming off tributaries and such. Um, certain spots where you may know that there's an underground spring feeding uh, to a lake or something, that's going to be cold, it's cold-ass water, like the fish are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes stock trout aren't smart enough to know, and they'll... They'll, they'll die. They will die in the water because they don't, like, the wild. They're not, they're not used to that right. water. Right, the, the wild. Well, they don't know what to do. The yeah. wild and the native, because at the, at the hatcheries, you know, when they, where, where they're born and all that, the, the water is 55 degrees mm-hmm. on average. Well, that doesn't change for them. It's, that, it's like that all year, right? Exactly. So when they get put in the wild, they're, 
they're dumb. They don't know what's going on. And that's why they don't last longer. Right. And that's why the prey gets them and everything Mm -hmm. compared to where a wild or native trout, they're, they're going to go where the cold water is. They'll move. Yeah. Another thing about stock trout, they will eat the natives if there's in there, if they're in there. If they're small enough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trout will. Yeah. They'll, they'll eat. That's one problem. That's a big problem with stock trout. Mm -hmm. It ruins native streams for sure. Oh yeah. Well, that that that's a whole nother. We'll get there another day. Yeah, we will. Um, and in the water level too, like uh, that's just like rain. If rain happens, what's going to happen with the water, Marcus? It's oh, it raises. It gets cloudy. It gets cloudy, and it's going to be tough. The fish are going to be washed <laughs> down to wherever you know where it slows down. Mm. They're going to hang out by those rocks. Right. There's a where there's, it's like more dammed up. There's a lot that goes into you know, where a fish moves after rain or anything. That's, that's pretty much it for temperatures. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot more, um, calculated things you can get into. There's fishing thermometers and such, you know, if you want to get real serious about water temperature, mm-hmm. you can use fishing thermometers. Um, but that, that's some research that you, you know, if yeah, you're a beginner, that's not something you want to <clears throat> get into. Well, if it's, if it is, you know, get into it, but you know, do your do your research as you would anything else. You know, jump on a computer or whatever, or or talk to somebody who knows how to use a fishing thermometer. Because from what I understand, they can be a little different to use. But um, that's pretty much it for drought temperatures. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't don't fish whenever the, the water's too warm, because if you do and you do catch one, if you're a catch and release guy, it, you're just gonna kill it. I mean, it, they'll admit all their energy, you know, fighting you, and then when you put them back, they'll die. Mm. They just they're just not enough oxygen in the water when the water gets too warm. So I would say any time that the water's over like sixty, I don't know, sixty eight degrees, you really want to use caution. Probably not even fish them, honestly. But it all depends. If you're going to keep them, hey, whatever, you know, that's it doesn't matter if they die. So let's okay. uh, yeah, let's move on to the next one. All right. So the other one is an anonymous. It doesn't have a name for some reason. Okay. Uh, so they're asking if. What is better, wading boots, felt or rubber soles? Hmm. That's a good question, dude. That's a really good question. So this, I'll just go from my experience, right? From my experience, I've owned both. Certain streams, the felts are great, right? If you have that uh, that gunk, that shit mm-hmm. that grows on like the rocks. It's moss. Yeah, it's, it's moss. like a moss, but there's been other cricks that I've been in, and I don't even know what the hell it is. You know, it's like some type of fungus growing in the water. I know what you're something. talking about, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, those, those streams, yeah, the felt's great, but, um, beware if you wear felt boots, you can track different pesticides, pesticides and things that don't belong in other streams, stream to stream. Yeah. So if you're, you know, if, if you have the mindset that you want to take care of, of, of nature and whatnot, wash them off. Yeah. Once you go home, spray them off, whatever. It's they they actually just say to uh wash it in clear purified water. Mm. That's all they say. Yeah. Just dump it in wa- or wash them. Yeah, or maybe even if you had like a bucket, just dip them in the bucket and Yeah. That's all know, they say to do. Run a run a Brillo pad underneath them or something. Um but so the felts are great for that, right? But if you like need to get up out of the creek and you you push against it, you, you put your foot down on the bank, you know, the banks are always slippy or whatnot. There's no cleats or nothing to grab on anything. Well, they do make rubbers that you can put cleats in. Well, they make them interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah, you they, have ones. You could literally put them in your backpack, yeah. walk in with a certain bottom, and then change them to But fit. that's only with boots. 
like not waiting. They don't make those with waiting boots. You do like okay. So the the let me think here. So like if you have stocking foot chest waders, yeah. They the boots that you have to buy for those. Mm-hmm. Those are the only things that have the interchangeable cleats. The like the boots that we use. Uh-huh. Well, who makes them? I um pro pro for or yeah. They don't mm-hmm. have interchanging. You can't put cleats in those. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't. Maybe they there is a company. That yeah. I don't know. I've noticed uh, Croker's. Mm-hmm. Croker's makes these boots. You can. They're felt, mm-hmm. but they have this interchanging thing that you put on them, and they just snap in, and they turn into cleats and rubber. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. But they say that those croakers don't last long because the it starts like peeling off. Mm. So they give you like a season or two, and they're not, they don't last very long. Right. I, I've, I've been doing my research because I just literally bought um, some stocking foot boots and wading boots, and I had to do some research before I bought it. So it, it's pretty cool. It's expensive, but it's cool. Um. Yeah, and you said you just ordered a new set of waders. Yeah, I I just got these uh, Sims tributary mm-hmm. uh, waiting bits, stocking, stocking foot. Yeah, mm-hmm. stocking foot. Uh, they have like they're they're just like chest waders, mm-hmm. and then they have these uh, neoprene like foot things that they're connected to. Right, and so it's easier to slip into your boot, but it also keeps it waterproof and it keeps you warm. Right. Um. They also say to don't wear jeans under any kind of wading boots. Um. Yeah, they, they don't want you because they said that that rubs on, like the inside, and it actually makes it like, it'll leak, hmm. like over time. So they say that they either wear, um, is it neoprene? Is that is that a brand of something? Yeah, like three, like yeah, like uh, what is it? Like polyester neoprene. Like, yeah, polyester yeah. neoprene and Thinsulate. Yes. So pretty much like you know like a basic layer, like you wear under like hunting clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like base that. layer, yeah, like a base layer. Right, uh, that is perfect to wear under that. It's pretty maybe. much like a long john. Right. Under. Maybe like wear long johns. Yes, mm-hmm. wear long johns and wool socks. Mm-hmm. They say wool socks are better than cotton. Don't wear anything that's cotton underneath your wading boots or anything like that because they yeah. say that deteriorates over time. Right. So this is just to prolong life. Yes. Yeah. This is my research that I looked up. Um, the, I I literally just bought this stuff, so I'm just going by what I researched. Um. But yeah, I just got the Sims tributary uh, stock, stocking foots, and I bought Sims Freestone boots. They're amazing. <laughs> they look awesome. I can't wait to use them. Yeah, Sims makes really good stuff. Yeah, and the way the the way those are wading boots use when you come out of the water, there's like little holes in the boot, and that water will flow out of that when you come out of the water, mm-hmm. so it's not heavy. Right. When you're walking, instead of wearing like a hiking boot or something. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty much hiking boots in water. Yep. It's amazing. It's yeah. pretty cool. They're, they're a lot nicer than than wearing. And there's there's other options, too. You don't have to get chest waders. You can get no. wading pants. You can do, uh, you know, boots, you know, the hip boots. Um, it all depends. Some people don't even wear them, and they just they jump in the water. They just jump you in know, the water. You know, they get them. Uh, well, they make those sandals. Split, yeah, now. I was going to say, like the water sandals. And Sims then, make those. Yep. They're pretty cool. So Sims and Orvis make them. What, what, so what do you... I I prefer the cleated ones. The cleated ones? Yeah. I I'm going to go with rubber uh cuz I've always just used rubber. So cleated. Is that is or that what felt. Well, I mean, so you're saying cleated. They actually make cleats. So like so you're saying you're you're saying you're cleated as rubber pretty much. Yeah, just a rubber ball. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would say cleated then. But they actually make like 
plastic metal right. cleats that I know can go saying. into your rubbers. Yeah, that that would be really nice. So the basic setup, though, what he's saying is you got to choose the felt or the rubber, which yeah. I was saying is the cleated. I would choose the cleated rubber. Cleated, yeah. Don't um, go. I mean, it all depends, though. Like yeah. I said, it depends what the situation calls for, really. Mm-hmm. So if you, hey, if you can get both, get both. You know, we're not mm-hmm. all that blessed, but Croker's is the only one that does both. They yeah. do the felt and the cleated, and they just snap in. Yeah, I've I've seen some different ones like that. Um, so, and if you're not if you're not in the mood to take care, like if you don't know how to take care of felt, don't get them. Yeah, because you'll you'll um, contaminate the water, and you don't want to do that. And that felt will over time fall off too, and that'll go into the water, and which isn't good too. So those fish will eat that, right. maybe choke on it, just like corn and all that stuff because they can't digest it. Well, let's, uh, that's pretty much an opinion question and, uh, that we gave a little con and pro there. So let's move on to the next one there. Okay. So the next one, let me pull it up here. The next one is not a fishing question. It's actually hunting. Okay. Okay. This one is, um, so the, the, it's from colon height, uh, he says, do you like hunting from ladder stands or hang-ons more? How much time you got, buddy? <laughs> um, all right. So I hunt out of ladder stands. I hunt out of random limbs. I hunt out of anything or anything that I can get my hands on. I, I run a hang-on setup. I have uh, multiple hang-ons, lone wolf. I have a saddle setup with a platform. I use climbing sticks. I have tree stands just, you know, hung in certain places for just a, like a pre-hung thing, uh, hang-ons, ladder stands. So since the question is just um, the basic uh, ladder hang-ons, I prefer hang-ons. And the reason is they're just, they're, they don't have an outline of any, of any kind. You just have uh, sticks on the tree or screw in steps, any method you use to get up the tree, and then you have the hang on. I promote and tell everybody that if you want to be a mobile hunter, hang on versus uh, saddle versus climber. Um, that's that's pretty much a decision you're going to have to make, and that's where you're going to need to find what you like. If you're in an area where there's a lot of straight up trees, I see nothing wrong with using a climber. That is a really good option. If you're in an area where there's not a lot of straight trees or trees that have a lot of limbs, um, a climber is, is, is probably not your best option. Then you might want to look for uh, a hang-on, uh, lone wolf, XOP, uh, lone wolf custom gear, you know, that stuff there. You also have a uh, saddle option. Um, I recently just started saddle hunting the all last year, and... I will say that I prefer my hang-on still to this day, but for going deeper into the woods, it's really hard to beat the saddle. It's really light. It also depends on what setup you're running. Some guys run a saddle and a hang-on together, which is like the best of both worlds. Um, the only thing that scares me with a saddle was just a, a deer coming in fast at my two to five o'clock. Um, and the reason is I'm right-handed. So as I'm facing the tree, 
if the deer comes in fast from my two to five and that's where the shot's going to be, I'll either have to spin my body the whole way around or turn around and have my tether against my chest and lean forward and make that shot. So there's a lot of movement involved. It's not that it's uncomfortable or I'm not confident in that shot. It's just the movement. It's, it's a little, you know, it's hard to not show yourself moving around that much mm. in a tree. Um, ladder stands are great. Uh, the only thing is they're heavier. They're harder to be mobile with. And I'm, I'm super mobile. You know, I'm, I'm hanging every set. I'm pulling it after every hunt. Um, same thing with the saddle. You know, the, it's not staying there overnight. As for my ladder stands, I think we have 20 ladder stands. I believe I have 20 ladder stands and I have them placed throughout different spots. Mm -hmm. But my ladder stand spots, I only go in and I hunt when the wind is in my favor. Or, I mean, if I really want to hunt there, then I'm going to throw caution to the wind and go in anyway. But try my best to hunt it right, the right wind. Um, but the ladder stands are easier to climb up in. You may feel safer in one, I guess. Uh, kind of. It, it's, all, it's all on somebody's, you know, because I... My dad won't hunt out of a hang-on. No. He doesn't He doesn't feel safe out of it. Um, he hunts out of a ladder stand. The ladder stands that we use are only like 15 feet off the ground, which isn't bad. Just don't move, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to hunt high off the ground. Just don't move. You know, the less you move, the less you're going to get picked off. Um, the ladder stands are, are, are good. I prefer the hang-ons. That's pretty much it. I, I would recommend to anybody... That the hang on is probably a little better, like I said, because you can go in on your own and hang that tree stand. Whereas a ladder stand, it's way, way easier with two guys to mm -hmm. do it. Um, so I recommend the hang ons. And like I said, I would really recommend that you would get a, a lone wolf. Um, I have the XOPs and no knock on them or anything, but I like the lone wolf better. Uh, the XOPs are great too. So if that's what you can afford, get it. Mm. Um, the lone wolf climbing sticks, they're great. There's so many options we can, like I said, Too how many. much, yeah, how much time do you got? Because this is something that I'm really passionate about. And I, that's something you can get on another podcast. Yeah. I could sure. do a whole podcast on the gear for mobile hunting. We'll, we will, we'll do that another time, yeah, but this podcast is just answering everyone's questions. Yeah. Right now, so. Yeah. If you want me, if you want me to be more detailed, just go ahead and shoot a, shoot another question over mm -hmm. and I'll answer you in the DMs. So. Okay. Do you have anything else on the, anything about the tree stands? Um, no, that's, that's pretty much it. I, if anybody has any more questions, just let me, let us know. All right. Uh, so the next question, this is a bonus. This is kind of like a joke. Hmm. <laughs> Someone messaged us, which we know him. Um, it's from, uh, Boond Boondock Firearms, which uh, is John, 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 John McFalls. McFalls. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just sitting there and I get the DM right away when I put out our post saying, please DM us if you want mm -hmm. any questions on the podcast. Right. So he was the first one to respond, and he says, please, dis please discuss how awful hunters are and why we should just <laughs> buy meat from the store instead. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, them hunters are just, they're no good. Yeah, uh, we'll give a shout-out to John. John has a uh, a gun shop in Lily, Pennsylvania, Boondock Firearms. Uh, does really good work. Uh, does some gunsmithing and whatnot, too. Mm -hmm. So uh, highly recommend him. Go check him out. Um, for sure. Yeah. And do we got any more questions on there? Nope. That's it. All right. Let's, uh, we'll do a little, uh, close out here. Um, just want to thank everybody for listening. The podcast is really growing really rapidly. I'm, I'm ecstatic about it and it's, I'm having a lot of fun doing this. So I thank you guys for your support. 
I hope you guys enjoy this stuff. I know I do. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. I am having fun. So uh, that's pretty much it, guys. I, I appreciate your time. And please subscribe, rate, comment, any platform that you're on. Uh, you know, if you guys want to get the the quickest news, if I release an episode or whatever, if you're subscribed, you'll get the notifications. So um, appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you guys. All right, guys, that concludes another episode of Buck and Trout Podcast. I thank you all for the support. And if you could please like, subscribe, and comment this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, I would be super appreciative of you. Also, if you could please go over and give Buck and Trout a follow on Instagram, that would be great. And until next time, guys, enjoy the great outdoors.